You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. You can support us on Patreon and join our Discord server at patreon.com slash wtfolklore. Hello everyone and welcome back to What the Folklore, Making Sense of Senseless Tales. I am your storyteller, Carmen. I am the Peace Weaver, Tyler. What? I have attained inner peace. Hell yeah, switch it up. And balance with the universe. Good for you. That sound that sounds really healthy. Yeah, that sounds chill as hell. After thirteen hundred and thirty six eggs, I hatched a shiny impidimp. Oh, I see. Okay, you <laughs> and, and all is now right. Had how'd that feel? I can play a different game now. <laughs> the the loop so is closed that's and you're free. Cool. <laughs> Are uh, running in circles. I as... I uh, I would like to to pitch a, a lore reset. Yeah. Um. At least at sure. least for me, maybe maybe just for everything. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do it just personally and kind of see everything with fresh eyes. Um. Mm-hmm. So usually I would say that my name is is Gordy, but what what do you think about Peter Briefcase? <laughs> <laughs> as kind of just sort of a new a new direction. I mean, I it's, feel it's, pretty it's a name strongly with, about yeah. your briefcase. It's a name with authority. Like I, th- I, I think, so. I expect I think you so. to like with it with a Peter briefcase on this show. This show is going to be like just full of uh, professionalism, uh, punctuality, suits. <clears throat> just kind of good at good at business. Good at stocks. Um, yeah. Knows where all their files are. Just sort of. Very streamlined. That's that's me, Peter Briefcase, Mister Briefcase. I've got one. Yeah, go for it. I would like to be Jump Dirt Bike. That's very good. Now, a very professional diff- stuntman. Yeah, very different energy, but I think that that kind of balances out the the umami. Yeah, good. Definitely. If that's your last a... name was Dirt Bike, you would have to name your child Jump, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, or I, I, or stunt you... or something. Stunt yeah dirt bike if you don't do that then i think the government takes your name away from you yeah you, you have, have irresponsibly yeah i would like to be wobbles mccracken <laughs> great <laughs> so uh i'm just gonna bring that like wild random energy we got the just spice from from jump dirt bike we got the a, sort of a celtic sea monster yeah <laughs> See, I, I have to get a little bit of the, the folklore vibe in there. And, mm-hmm. you know, the cephalopodian vibe, which I think has defined me for quite some time anyway. I would agree. Um, but yeah, Wobbles, Wobbles McCracken. I'm not sure on my feet, but I have a businessman on one side and a stuntman on the other. Do you fall down? I think I just kind of wobble into the two of you and you bounce okay. me back and forth between business and stunts. You're unstable on your feet, but you you don't fall over. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what we can find out every show. Is this the time that Wobbles falls down? <laughs> is, this the, is this the fall of Wobbles? 
All right, so I think we got a, a good fresh, good mm-hmm. fresh brand going on here. Thank you, Peter Briefcase. So we have rebooted our names, but not the premise of the show. Now I'm still going to read you a folktale. You you can't stop me. No, it's me. not. But it but it is but it is a lore reset. So just kind of forget about all the other things. Anything that we would normally say, just just disregard <laughs> that. It's going to be just think of it as a blank slate. Episode mm-hmm. one. This is witness protection for podcast hosts. What are we uh, being protected against? Because I'm sure there's a myriad of options that we would need witness protection from at this point in our podcasting career. Gordy, let me pitch you on something. Uh, there's no Gordy here. Sorry. No, no, I don't know Peter? who that is. Peter? Yes. Yes, sir. Paul? Which to, it was it's, Peter? It's Peter. It yeah. was Peter. You can Peter call briefcase? him Mis- Mr. Briefcase because we're not yet familiar enough with him. Yeah, Mr. Briefcase. Yes. How do you feel about this episode being called episode 1A? I, I like that. And then in another <laughs> 260 something, we'll, we'll get to 1B. Yeah, we hit a nice round number last week, which was 266. <laughs> yep. A nice, clean, so, even number. Just a clean break to 1A. Yep. That's the, that's the first, that, that was the first season. <laughs> Uh, so I guess we should redo that intro real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. Hello, everyone. I'm uh, Wobbles McCracken. I will be telling a tale. I'm Jump Dirt Bike. And I'm Peter Briefcase. And this is What the Folklore. So Wobbles. Yeah. What do you got for us this week? Well, Jump, um, I figure if we're going to reset, we should reset pretty pretty right, pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go to I like, r- as Jump Dirt Bike, I like both those words. It's a righteous reset. We're going to Russia. Ooh, because uh, that is one of our favorite places to be in folklore land, I guess. I don't know, world, folklore, world, wherever we are. Uh, so we're going to be reading The Snake Princess, because I've, I've been missing my, my old pal, Boney. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I figured, this is a, not a Boney story, but it is Boney adjacent, so I figured... I'd don't know who that, that is, Lori said. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't know what that is. Well, we're not going to completely reset the lore because I did specifically choose this one to start weaving back into our our mm. story. Um, so it's going to complicate sorry. kind of the sorry. thread line here. Well, it that's is kind the- of a it is kind of like a mirror universe though because we have read about snake princes before. Yeah, and this is a snake princess. Uh, so I one do a, have to want a barbecue flavor. <laughs> I do have to wobble on your business a little bit, briefcase, but. <laughs> We are going to connect this back to the lore we have previously established in our former lives. All right, so I sourced Man, this... we established, like, a multiverse and immediately fucked it up. Did you expect anything else from us? I'm just saying that Marvel and DC can eat their hearts out. <laughs> they have to at least, like, try a few issues before they get to the nonsense. Yeah, no, we jumped right in. That's... I mean, that's the wobbles and dirt bike energy. <laughs> bouncing off of each other and peter briefcase kind of keeps us in line a little bit the bean counter <laughs> so this is uh this version of the tale is sourced from on uh which has a collection of russian fairy tales that i will probably be diving into uh periodically throughout this mm-hmm. um and i didn't do any other research wobbles time <laughs> uh so are you two ready to hear this yes all right the snake princess
Uh, a Cossack was going on a road, and he arrived in a sleepy forest. Is and the road still there? The road is still there. He was just traveling upon it. The road doesn't disappear when you stop traveling upon it. I'm going to establish a quick catchphrase for Jump Dirt Bike. Okay. And that is, fuck roads. Okay. It's a strong a Hard a stance strong out stance. the gate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, you. it is a dirt bike and not a road bike, so I guess I guess that sort of would be your, your default position. Now, you what did is... get me excited right off the bat. I was like, all right, we're going off-roading immediately. This is my territory. Now, what if it was a dirt road? It's walking the line. I'm going to have to see how things develop. Okay. Um, so in the middle of the forest, in a glade, there was a hayrick, and he decided this is a good spot to take a rest. A hayrick it, is just a cooler name for haystack. In the road? No, in a, in a glade in the forest. Uh, and so, it's, a, it's alive and sentient and has hopes and dreams. The road or the hayrick? The hayrick. <laughs> I hope it does. It's, very, it's a very fanciful start. Uh, what are the dreams of a hayrick dirt bike? <laughs> I don't know. I'm a, I'm being introduced to it as we speak, apparently. Well, it just exists. But it thought it... No, the, did... the, the fellow, the Cossack. Oh, 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 oh. Sees... Thought... Yeah. He sees okay. the Hayrick. I don't know like... why that was my first <laughs> <laughs> instinct was to assume that he was alive Look, and you're... was sleepy. You're making instead jumps. Instead of the man. You're making jumps and you're doing stunts all over the language. That is what that is what jump dirt bike is known for is leaps in logic. Yep. Jumps to conclusions far off. <laughs> Leap over the multiple school buses worth of reasonable worth of sense and reason. <laughs> Into the dirt pile of insanity on the other side. <laughs> So, the Cossack lay in front of the hayrick and smoked his pipe. And he was smoking and smoking, and was so absorbed in the smoking that he did not notice a spark falling into the hay. Uh-oh. Then it's he just... to sound like a stunt. Yeah. Then he just mounted his horse and went on his Where... merry way. That's a stunt, I guess. Start a fire and leave. <laughs> you could call that a stunt. I've done that <laughs> yeah, more it's... than none times. It's it's either a stunt or a crime. Who knows? What's the difference? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he mounts his horse and goes on his merry way, um, much to the chagrin of Smokey the Bear. But he'd only gotten a dozen paces away before a flame blazed up and lit up the wood, because hay is extremely flammable. Mm -hmm. And he looked back to see his, his dark deeds in action. Um, he looked back steadily, the story said. Which I don't know if, if that's a, a translation hiccup, or if he's just, like, completely stoic about this thing he caused. Eyeballs and hands. Yes. Um, so he sees the hayrick burning, and in the middle of the flame, a fair maiden was standing, and she said in a threatening voice, Cossack, good man, save me from death. <laughs> I like the idea of threatening someone to save you. Yeah, I don't quite compute that. Again, I don't know if we're having translation hiccups with this, but I do I do love the concept of you're in need and you're going to threaten somebody to I to think fix that your it. read was accurate given the presented uh information, but it was it it left me feeling lost. A little like your uh, your bike tires are on the deflated side. 
I just don't know what to do with that. I, I, I don't know what to do with feeling threatened and also compelled to bravery at the same time. Threatened into bravery. I mean, maybe it's effective. Like maybe, we shall soon see, I imagine. Maybe like in the moment, if you were not inclined to bravery, someone threatening you is what you need to, to actually go do the brave thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he says, how am I supposed to save you? There are flames all around and I can't get up to you. So yeah, he was not originally intending to do anything about a woman he set on fire. Oops. Uh, so she tells him to thrust his pike into the flame and she'll jump out onto it. And he does this, and then jumps away to avoid the great heat, because it just doesn't seem like a heroic thing in a folktale. I, I imagine it's a very human thing to do, but yeah. it is a weird thing to see from a hero in a folktale. Uh, what are they but humans? <laughs> so I then the fair, the fair maiden turned into a snake. Uh, she, she couldn't have done that like sooner? Well, I don't know that being a snake makes you more fireproof. Fire go up, snake go down. Yeah, but a fire start at the down and then go up. Snake have no place to go. <laughs> snake don't go down that far. Uh, I've seen some snakes go pretty down. And you've seen burrowing snakes? Yeah. I'm sure there are some. I don't I don't know that she is one. Uh, anyway, she creeps onto the pike, then crawls her way around the Cossack's neck and coils around it three times, then puts her tail between her mouth like a cool-ass necklace. He was frightened, as you probably would be if a woman that you'd set on fire turned into a snake and then became jewelry on your neck. And she spoke to him. I don't know to reassure him, but just to let him know how things are from now on. Uh, So she tells him, don't be afraid. You just have to wear me on your neck for seven years and go seek the kingdom of Tin. As in the the metal. Tin as in... Ah... So when you go there, uh, you need to stay and live seven more years and don't ever leave that kingdom. And if you do this service, you'll be happy. Just kind of generically happy. Was he unhappy before? Um, All we know about him before was that he rides a horse and smokes a pipe and is apparently irresponsible about at least one of those things. About fire safety? Yeah. When sleepy. I don't think he was, like, a sleepy rest. I think it was more of a take-a-break kind of rest. Smoke-break rest. Uh, So I guess he has nothing else at all going on, because he doesn't put up any fuss about now having to go hunt down this kingdom of aluminum foil or whatever. I mean, he's got time to do it. Apparently. I don't know what his other goals were. He's just got to remember in seven years to go get that done. Well, he wanders off in search of the kingdom of Tin, and it does take him seven years to find it. So it's a good thing he didn't procrastinate that. Or yeah, that would have <laughs> been a <laughs> that would have been a bad time. So at the end of the seventh year, he reached a steep mountain, and the mountain had a castle of tin surrounded by a lofty white stone wall. I feel like that would have been easier to find. People probably <laughs> seen that. Yeah, that leaves that leaves an impression. A nice yeah, landmark. You, yeah, you're like, hey, have you seen a, a metal castle surrounded by a big white stone wall on a mountain? As opposed to, I'm searching for the Kingdom of Ten. Have you heard of it? The Kingdom of Ten? It's not My on necklace any... told me. It's not on any maps, but I need to find the Kingdom of Ten. My necklace told me she's alive! Also, since I only heard the phrase Kingdom of Ten, and the snake did not write it down or clarify, I don't know if I'm looking for metal or a number. <laughs> Is there a kingdom with like ten kings in it? Can you help me out here? 
I need to smoke. Um, so he climbs up the mountain, and the wall opened up for him, and he arrived in a broad courtyard. Uh, once he was in there, the snake left his neck. She stuck the gray earth and turned into the maiden of his soul. Which I don't know if, this is a, if that's... I don't know what that means. Maybe it's just a flowery way of saying hot lady he's attracted to. The maiden of his soul. Yeah. Like a soul maiden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, you got any... You crunching any numbers over there, briefcase? Am I crunching numbers? Yeah, on what maiden of his soul could mean. It's kind of a stereotype, don't you think? To whom? To you? To me. That if you have briefcases, you crunch numbers? Yeah. Alright, are you, are you poring over any documents? What do your briefcases do? Um, it's got a bunch of super soakers in there. I was gonna say... You pull, like, scarves out of one of them and candy bars out of another one. Yeah. It's a... And maybe, like, stuffed animals out of another one. Yeah, brief, briefcase a la Willy Wonka. Uh, all right, so she showed up. She was hot, probably. And then she vanished from his eyes as though she had never been there. So that's pretty cool. Does he feel happy yet? Nah. So he's he still got to keep doing stuff? I mean, he, just, he seems to just be kind of operating on the, the neutral fairy tale protagonist of I am on uh, one of those con- people conveyor belts that you find in airports. It's <laughs> kind of traveling through the story. So he stabled his horse and he went into the palace to look at the rooms because he's going to be here for seven years. He might as well get acquainted with it. Uh, they were all full of mirrors and silver and velvet, but no people. A lot of his face, I guess, if you have that many mirrors in it. So it's almost like people. They're just all you. So he thinks, well... You know, I've never thought about it that way. That's a good way to make friends. Just live in a room of mirrors. They'll probably never disagree with you. Maybe draw funny facial hair on some of them. So that it's at least slightly different from how you normally look. Glue some cool outfits onto the mirrors. Yeah, one of you is like a hula person. And another one is a firefighter. (laughs) Just live out all your dreams (laughs) in mirror form. (laughs) At one point, you wanted to be an astronaut. Well, one of you is in a mirror. Think about that. Maybe that's the secret to achieving other dimensions. Like, crossing over. Sliding doors. <laughs> um, he thinks, well, damn, who's going to give me food and drink if there aren't people around? I can't accomplish <laughs> these things by myself, person who's been It's been over. seven years. I can't do that. Um, I must die of thirst and hunger in this place. Uh, and as soon as he thinks this, a covered table full of food and drink appears in front of him, so that's solved pretty quick. Uh, so he eats and drinks what he wants and strengthens his body and figures maybe he'd go for a ride and see what's up around this place. And he found his horse in the stable, devouring some oats. No idea if he ever went on that ride or not. Just wanted to let us know that the horse is also taken care of. We don't have to worry about the horse. So uh, things seemed pretty sweet in this magical food-developing castle full of mirrors. Uh, He stayed for a very long time, until he became wearied unto death. This might sound like a joke, living in a castle full of mirrors and velvet and silver and eating whatever you want from a magic table, while your horse just gorges itself on those sweet, sweet oats. Is the food not real? Nah, it's real. Uh, But, as I'm sure we can all relate to at this point, He was always alone and couldn't exchange as much as a whisper with anyone. So, like, quarantine sucks. 
Uh, and from sheer grief, he drank himself drunk and thought about going out into the free world. But whenever he ventured forth, there were lofty walls with neither entrance nor exit. So he finally, after a while, grew very angry and just started smashing shit up in the castle. Uh, figuring the owner might show up and be like, no, stop it, <laughs> get out of here. Those That was my favorite mirror. That one of 200. You, done you found it. it up. Yep, get out of here. Uh, but no one appeared, so he went to sleep. Sometimes the best thing you can do. It's often, I think, the best thing you can do. Yeah, if you reach the point where you're punching mirrors to try and make a ghost show up and kick you out, um, it's time to just take a nap, maybe. And maybe That's a great point. Like, maybe your problem will be solved when you wake up. And if it's not, at least you had like a, a good seven to nine hours of it not being a problem. Yeah, maybe you'll wake up in a mood uh, less aggressive than <laughs> punching mirrors to make a ghost show up. Yeah. Uh, so the next day, he did wake up on, in a better headspace, and he went for a walk and a saunter. So, like, if you're going to do both, you know, you know you had a pretty good rest. Usually, you can only muster up the energy for one of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I'm and, picturing Christopher Walken in the Weapon of Choice music video now, just sauntering look, down the road. Yeah, I'll have to look that one up. I was picturing kind of a Ministry of Silly Walk situation. <laughs> um. Then he thought he'd like to have some food, but this time there was nothing to be had. Uh, so he's like, ah, dang it. And then uses a metaphor that could be better. Uh, yeah. The slave rains on herself the blows if unfaithfully she mows. But there has to be somewhere a better and clearer and less horrible metaphor for I fucked up and now there are consequences, boo-hoo, than... <laughs> A I think you just—I think you just said it. Yeah, <laughs> just say that. Like, oh damn, I fucked up, and now there are consequences to my actions, <laughs> as opposed to a metaphor that like puts the blame on somebody in a, a victim situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he says, "I smoked to death yesterday, and today I must starve." So I don't know if he was like punching mirrors while high off his ass, if that's what that means, or Probably if it's helped. just more dumb metaphors. That's I would assume some consumption i would probably make the seven years go by faster i could only imagine yeah you gotta lower your inhibitions a little bit before you start attacking yourself (laughs) in a mirror (laughs) especially Um, if if yourself is dressed up as a really sweet firefighter or astronaut yeah really wreck wreck that dream yeah for no reason make it harder to to assault like this representation of a goal if anybody ever needs to best me in a fist fight, the easiest way to do it would be to dress up as me as an astronaut. Because <laughs> I could not strike that person. It would be impossible. Uh, as soon as he had he, he despaired of his decisions and actions, uh, the food and drink showed up again, so I guess it's okay to be a, a dick and destroy stuff if you're really sorry about it later. Mm-hmm. I've found this to be true. So three days went by after uh, this great punch incident, and then when he woke up on that third morning, he saw his horse saddled at the step of the palace, and he was like, hmm, I wonder what the hell that's about. And he washed and got dressed and took his long pike into the courtyard to figure out what the hell that was about. Uh, Suddenly, from somewhere or another, the fair maiden just kind of popped back in. (laughs) And uh, she said, hey, good job. That was seven years. You did it. Like, unlike every other fairy tale where someone has been given a direct, like, do this and good things will happen, uh, you actually did it. 
You didn't fuck up too bad about it. He stuck it through. Yeah. Was it seven additional years in this place? After the seven years of finding it, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so he spent 14 years listening to a snake he set on fire. And then he did it. I mean, he made it, like, up to three days till the end before he completely lost it, but even then he didn't fuck it up too bad. (laughs) This might be a first. So what's his prize? He's happy now? Well... She said, you saved me from my perdition and my end. So he has ended her curse. So she's happy now. Uh, theoretically, we're going to dive into this one later as we destroy this folktale for our own person personal mm-hmm. uh, needs and wants. Uh, so listen to me. I am a king's daughter. Koshe the Deathless fell in love with me. He took me away from my family and he wished me to marry him, but I always laughed at him. And to be fair, Koshe has... Like, he's pretty funny. I mean, yeah, we do that, too. <laughs> we, we, we do, like, pretty a good crochet joke. Yeah. Yeah. We'll laugh at that guy, too. That's not that hard to imagine. Uh, so then Koshe grew angry, and he turned me into a wild snake. So thanks for your service. I'm not a snake anymore. I mean, I wasn't for a while there, either. I was a lady when I was on fire, and also when I hit this courtyard, but we'll ignore that little detail. Maybe that was a trick of the light. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. the fire. So let's go to my dad's house. He's going to want to give you gold and shit, but don't take any of that. Simply ask for the keg, which is lying in his cellar. And the man's ask like, him to show you where the good shit is. Yeah. And the man's like, well, what What use is a keg to me? I, I did this for 14 years. I have been drunk for seven of the 14 years. <laughs> like, what, what do I want a keg for? Keg is sounding like the last thing I want right now. And definitely the last thing I need. Um... So she tells him, well, if you turn this particular keg to a, to the right, a palace appears forthwith. And if you turn it to the left, it vanishes. So, I guess... Does it, does it, does it travel with you? Yeah, you can carry it around. It's like a, a pop up campsite, but it's a palace. That's pretty sweet. Or like a... Uh, what if somebody turned I, it while you're in it? Do you get smushed? I'm gonna hate myself for saying this, but it's like a capsule corp thing now what is that from dragon ball z i've never heard of that i hate everything right now (laughs) jump dirt bike has never watched a television show because he's too busy living an extreme lifestyle yeah i i'm much too busy with business to know (laughs) now you said corp is it some kind of corporation yeah because that i know about yeah it's an s corp You'd like to maybe pour over their documents later. Yeah, I'd like to see what their returns are like. See if it's worth uh, getting some stocks, some options, bonds, other words that mean business. Get their bonds so I can eat them. Is that that what you do, Peter? That's how I make my money, yeah. (laughs) Eat the stocks right up. Is it like a live stream? Yeah, I usually do it on Twitch. Are you you muckbanging legal documents? Mm, Tesla. That's a good, like, dual source of revenue, because really you can charge the companies to eat their uh, their stocks so that the remaining ones, like, scarcity, I'm... you know, artificial scarcity, you make their values go up. Yeah. And because you also get eating the... the stock does consume its value also. Yeah, yeah. usually usually it's, uh, I think, a federal crime to dis- destroy <laughs> that, or that's currency manipulation or something, but there's a loophole. Well, they're going to have says... to arrest your stomach acid. Yeah, it's a rule. Because you didn't do it. Yeah, can't. What do you want me to do? It's it was down there, and it, it's like it's like it accidentally falling into water. 
What yeah. do you want from yeah. me? It happens. <laughs> so yeah, you just you get a good meal. You get paid to artificially inflate stock values by eating them, and then you get that good good t- Twitch stream revenue from the dirty birds who are super into watching you eat stocks. That's a pretty solid business plan. Gotta Which, tell you, that is foolproof. Yeah, good job, Peter Briefcase. You are an inspiration. It's working out so far. Um, no wonder you can get so many nice briefcases. But for how long? <laughs> Some intrigue into the new lore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a cool keg that makes a palace pop up. Who knows if you get crushed if you're inside the palace and someone knocks that keg over. What happens if you do a keg stand? What does that do vis-a-vis yeah, palace? Yeah, what, what does that turn the palace upside down? Um, is, it, is it a Castlevania? Uh, so the Cossack, because he is still on the uh, people conveyor belt of folklore, says, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. We'll do exactly that thing. I've given up 14 years of my life. I'm not too invested in the rest of them. It's <laughs> <laughs> foolish now to take to take ownership over any of this. What's the opposite of a skunk cost fallacy? <laughs> I put nothing into this, so let's keep going. <laughs> um, so they both mounted his steed and the lofty walls parted for them and they rode off to the kingdom. Uh, the king saw his daughter and he was overjoyed and began expressing his thanks and gave the Cossack sacks full of gold and pearls and shit. And the Cossack was like, no nah, thanks, but uh, I would, I will take that cake in your cellar. And the king says, oh, damn, that's a big ask, but uh, my daughter is very important to me, so okay, take the barrel. Peace. See you later. So the Cossack takes the gift and he sets off to roam aimlessly again. He still has zero goals. <laughs> personal motivations but plus one keg uh so somewhere along his journey he bumps into an ancient old man who asks him for some food and drink uh and rather than just like handing him a sandwich or something he leaps off from his horse he grabs the keg and he turns it to the right and they go into the miraculous palace that suddenly appeared and the man says ho ye my faithful servants give food and drink to this guest so the keg castle also comes complete with like human capital. Lumiere's. Yeah. And maybe some Cogsworths. Um and before he had finished his sentence, the servants had brought out an entire ox and three casks of beer. The old man enjoyed the meal. He ate the whole ox and he drank all three casks of beer. Which is an impressive feat for anyone. Then he croaked and he said, That was a small gift. Still, I cannot help it. Thank you for the bread and salt. They leave the palace. The Cossack turns his keg to the left and the palace disappears. And the old man says, Hey, how'd you feel about doing a tradesies? I got this. Uh, So, I think we can presume, since there was no screaming when he turned the keg to the left, that the people inside did not get smushed. We can presume that. We could also presume that they do get smushed and then they unsmush or like new people just get generated. Or are they accordion people? Or they're accordion people. Hey, do you remember that Delta thing that they played on that one? The the plane ride? (laughs) What now? Uh It was a like safety video for the plane ride that Delta played. And yeah. it, like there was a scene where that for whatever reason they were like injecting fantastical elements to the safety video to try and make it more interesting. 
but it really just made it more confusing because on a TV tray or one of the fold down trays, there was a whole society of people and maybe a roller coaster or something. There was just like playing around many people on this tray, and then they're like, "You need to put your trays in the upright position," and they did, and we heard the screaming. So they just like murdered a bunch of tiny people to put trays in the upright position for takeoff. That, yeah, that sends the opposite message of what you're. What you intended. should do, yeah. So maybe that's what this keg does. That is going to compel children not to murder the invisible people they can't see. Anyway, old man has proposed a Trazies. He has yeah. a cool sword. The sword slays all by itself. You just have to wave it, and then whatever force you're facing, it will slay them all. No problem. I mean, I'm not going to speak for our hero here, but I would ask to see that. You, you would like a product demonstration? Yeah, I would like the demonstration first. There may be some Yelp reviews. Um, so the man says, what use is this keg to you? It just makes a palace and a full bevy of servants and also a feast. Uh, don't, watch. Don't, wouldn't you rather kill? <clears throat> don't you, don't you <laughs> hunger for blood? Uh, so check this shit out. And he draws his sword and he tells it to set to work self-slaying sword and spoil all the dreamy forest. Or dreary forest. I might have had some autocorrect happening. Those are two different things. <laughs> One or the other. I did not keep this original document open, so we'll figure it out. <laughs> the sword flew out of the old man's hands, cut down all the trees, and laid them all down in regular boards, and then returned to its master. So it did not only destroy all the trees, but it did a full lumberyard job on them. It's pretty good. Pretty solid sword. Uh, so the Cossack didn't think very long on this option. He gave the man the keg, and he took the sword. Then he waved the sword and killed the old man. <laughs> yes! God did it. Yes! Then he took the keg back. Yes! And mounted his horse. And he figured, let's go check on that king now. Just for some shiggles. I had nothing else going on. Just me, my invisible palace, and my sword who kills anyone. Yep. So he goes to visit the king, but just then, conveniently, a terrible enemy is besieging the capital city of that king. So the Cossack's like, hey, sword, fix. <laughs> and there was a fine sight. Heads flying about, blood flowing freely. A very fine sight. Uh, Love it. Yep, and within an hour, all the field was covered in corpses. Hey, sword, control, alt, delete. Then the king came out from wherever he was hiding while a magical sword corpsified his lawn and <laughs> kissed the Cossack and gave him the fair princess as wife. Take her, whatever. <laughs> Thanks, get out of here. Here's a kiss and a wife. Thanks for all the corpses. It was a gorgeous wedding, in case you were concerned. Uh, I was there. I drank mead and wine. It flowed up to my whiskers, but it never entered my mouth. The then end. you didn't drink it, you fucking liar. <laughs> I just kind of like bathed of, in it. Yeah, just kind of drink, drink it, through the pores. Poured it around on yourself and yeah, put it in. I don't know. They say you can uh, get drunk really fast by doing it in your butt, doing <laughs> alcohol up that way. 
Mm-hmm. So if you get like if it's if your butt's involved and also the rest of you, maybe you get drunk like four times as fast. I don't know. Could happen. That's uh, what I always say. So, so perhaps a more accurate thing to say here was I experienced meat and wine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start uh, digging into this. I need you to tell me one goddamn thing. <laughs> I'll try. Is this motherfucker happy yet? Did he get did he get that that sweet reward? That's what he was promised. He was promised happiness. Uh, but as as Gordy and I learned in our in the class where we met, uh, you may remember Gordy. He's not here anymore. Uh, but he was an old friend of mine. Uh, we met in a class called Perennial Questions mm-hmm. that specifically was asking the question of what is happiness. We didn't come to any real conclusions, but essentially it was more like an action series of choices than it was a feeling. What do you think your grade in that class would have been if you did just write down on a piece of paper a sword that kills anyone? (laughs) Um... (laughs) I would love to see Dr. Cooley's reaction to that. I mean, I <laughs> just I, walk I, up to the whiteboard and you write a sword that kills anyone you ask. And then, and then you leave the class you walk out. and you should expect your A plus at the end of the semester. Uh, if you well, can back it up, sword. He'd, he'd go for it if you could back it up. Yeah. <laughs> like, you could, do, you could do a five paragraph essay. Your thesis is... Happiness is a sword that kills anyone I ask, a keg that makes a palace and servants, and a wife. <laughs> and then, like, you're, you have your intro paragraph, each of the three supporting paragraphs ha- tackles one of those things and how they contribute to happiness. And then you mm-hmm. have your conclusion, and then you get your grade. Well, I would simply write that I didn't have those things for 14 years and was unhappy the entire time. And now that I do have those things, I am happy. Therefore, ergo, ipso facto, sword kills anyone equals happiness. Right. Correlation does, in fact, equal causation <laughs> when correlation and causation are potentially a sword that kills everybody. And if you if you say it doesn't, my fucking sword will kill you. I mean, that's a strong essay argument. <laughs> it's a strong stance to take. It's a strong concluding sentence certainly yeah (laughs) if you disagree with any points in this my sword will kill you no cops (laughs) (laughs) sword will kill them too the sword kills anyone you need to understand that like do underline that word like it is it is anybody don't please please for your sake and mine don't test me on this don't try it it's not just anybody it's also anything right trees too and it does a very efficient job of it and very thorough. It'll make it look like an accident. If I ask it to. <laughs> it, is, it is unstoppable and infinitely creative. It can, <laughs> it can make it look like a suicide. It can, throw, it can throw any law enforcement off the trail. No one will ever know. You it do, can implicate anyone I want it to. You do have to make sure that you specifically ask it for those things, though, because this default setting is just... Heads off, blood flowing. Just chopping. <laughs> Pile the corpses. Uh, I mean, it's gonna if if it doesn't have other parameters, it's just gonna take the path of least resistance, which is the neck. Yeah. 
So I guess following the logic of that essay, yes, he did in fact find happiness. Well, great. I feel a lot better about the story then. As as far as I'm aware, he has not had a real feeling throughout this except for a brief <laughs> moment of fear when a woman turned into a snake and then into a snake that was also a necklace. Is cleverness a feeling? I don't think he displayed cleverness. Well, he did when he killed that man after that's more doing a trade. Cu- that's more cunning. Or opportunistic uh, murder. I don't know if that's clever so much as a sociopathy. <laughs> First off, let's talk about the stated reward. Like, kind of linking back to happiness, but... Uh-huh. But, like, his reward for 14 years of service, seven of which was just living alone in a palace that provided infinite food and drink, is a keg... That makes a palace that provides infinite food and drink. Mm-hmm. A different one. This one has people in it, so it is a market improvement. But, like, if that was your reward for seven years of complete solitude after seven years of wandering the earth in search of a castle that could be made of metal or could be numbers, uh, you don't know, a snake told you, would you do it? Would I? Yeah, like... Do you no, think... I would just wear that necklace and have it yell at me every once in a while. <laughs> just to have a for sweet... not doing what it asked me to. A sweet accessory? A sweet accessory that negs me. An accessory. So yeah, I think that would be a really uh, disappointing reward if I had done that. I don't think that would that would be happiness. I think I would, would it... want to not be in castles for a very long time after spending seven years trapped in one. What about you, Mr. Briefcase? Where do you fall on this? Is it is the magic tilty keg castle <laughs> a sufficient reward for wasting fourteen years of your life? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I th- right. I think it is. That's free housing, <laughs> and that's I guess that and that is fair. that is nothing to sneeze at in this economy. <laughs> now the question is: is that is that worth more? Than the king's ransom of gold and pearls and other uh, precious gems that he had been offered prior to Keg that makes a pop-up palace. It is also portable and apparently very private if you just turn the keg. Now I th- yeah I think um, I think uh, you know they say that in real estate location is the most important thing and if that location is anywhere then I think you have a very valuable property. That's fair. The other question is, when this palace appears, does it just, like, crush everything around it? Palaces aren't small. Does it fall from the sky? (laughs) Yeah, I think you could also maybe kill some people with that castle. (laughs) Yeah, you could for sure brick a bunch of people at once. Can we come to a consensus on how this castle appears? Um, From sky or just kind of, like... Yeah. Does it grow from Does it raise up out of the ground? Does it kind of, like, start really small? Does it just does it po- wink into existence from another dimension? Does it pour out of the keg? Ooh. Like, the liquid becomes the castle? And yeah. then when you twist it back, it slurps it up. Yeah. It's like some page master shit. <laughs> also, the king had this keg that makes castles in his castle. Do you think that his castle was the keg castle and he had to get a new castle after he gave away the keg or could he have accidentally caused castleception if he uh 
he ac- if he accidentally twisted that keg inside his own castle, like uh, maybe, that it destroyed his castle. Maybe all castles are affected by a keg in his castle, and he just had to make sure he was giving the right one away, not the one that affects his castle. So like instead one that of a, was the one that was currently turned off. Instead of a wine cellar, he just has a castle cellar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like that. I like the idea that all <laughs> castles are in fact controlled by a keg of some kind. And currently, some are turned on and some are turned off. And we gotta find one of these kegs. <laughs> no shit. I'm t- I'm coming around on that as a as an option. <laughs> like, but again, I don't know that that would be like something I'd be super excited about at the mm-hmm. end of. A seven-year solitude in a castle, but yeah, no, you guys have made some good points. That's not a bad, not a bad reward. All right, so I, I think we solved some of the internal logic problems mm-hmm. of this. I mean, there's not not a lot we can do about this character without rewriting a, a lot of this. It'd be nice if he had some personal motivation. It's asking an awful lot. It is. I mean, that's the weakness of most of the folk tales we read is that the uh, characters do not have any personal gumption or motivation, which is why we get so excited when we find anyone who has any sense of personality at all. They are motivated by the fact that they know that they're in a story. And they need and to just keep going. And, and events will play out as long as they allow it to. Which, yeah, I mean, I respect that on one level. That just, like, you you get, we, we need to get to the end here. Mm-hmm. Now, he's not a good man. And he does not make any, like, personal life changes. In fact, I would say that he is uh, teetering towards bad at the end when he... I mean, I think uh, he teeters toward bad during the whole damn thing. Well, he teeters towards negligent yeah. towards in the beginning. Which, well, he he definitely is negligent in the beginning. <laughs> but yes, no. but at, the end, at the end, he is taking lives just because. Well, not just because... But he is taking them rather indiscriminately mm-hmm. and horrifically. Um, yeah, his whole his action with the old man is not particularly heroic because the old man is, while the old man appears to have at least a supernatural appetite, uh, has otherwise given no indication of being a a bad person. Uh, like I was expecting a coche appearance right there. Mm-hmm. He doesn't much act like Hoshe. He just seemed like a regular old man who can eat a whole ox and drink three casks of beer, which is impressive. Um, and it and proved to definitely be death full. Yes, very quickly dispatched, and not not inherently sociopathic enough to have just used his sword to get the keg. Like he didn't make any attempts on this man's life. He offered a fair trade. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm take it or leave it and the man didn't even think about it he's like oh i can obviously just have both with murder <laughs> so this that's typically the action you'd see establishing a villain so like i don't necessarily need him to become a good character mm-hmm. but it would be kind of interesting like if if this were expanded into a more modern tale it'd be ex- interesting to see that the consequences of that sort of delved into uh, and, and maybe linked a little stronger to some of his other actions like setting a haystack on fire uh, or punching all the mirrors out when things get to be too hard where did his soul maiden go uh she was the princess he got as a reward in the end did she Mm. didn't comment on that at all 
Uh, no, by that point, she had fallen back into fairy tale chattel. That seems like an oversight. Yeah, if no, they that's... were, if they knew each other for fourteen years, well, and they never didn't know... made comment on it. They didn't know each other for fourteen years. She was a sn- she snake knew necklace. him for fourteen yeah. years. I don't know where she was during those seven years. Whether she was an invisible ghost making food happen, uh, or if she just like went off to do her own thing, leaving him alone in the castle. And that's taking the story on face value and not adding the nonsense that I'm about to delve into. Okay. Um, so, in our continued attempts to link all folklore together into one master tale. Mm-hmm. A thing that we have done consistently. Every time. There are some pretty clear links here. We have a, a Koshe the Def- Deathless direct reference. Yeah. Uh, now she is not one of his daughters, or at least tertiary, according... but direct. Yeah. Um, so we don't. He doesn't get any screen time on this one, but he is mentioned as trying to make her his wife. Yeah. She is a magical lady who can turn into a snake. She she said that he turned her into a snake, though. He's she does say that. <laughs> that oh, that I see. That is a thing she does say. I see. I am proposing that this is the fairy from the Hans Christian Andersen uh, garden tale, the, uh-huh. the Garden of Eden tale that that we read, uh, that we had mm-hmm. to previously decided was a bony origin story. Yeah. Um, so I think this is her, and I think it was one of our, our listeners in the Discord who like linked her directly to Lilith. Um because of the like the temptation in the garden underneath yeah. the apple tree kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, we've already seen that fairies have a trial of the serpent yes in order to true. improve their power so it kind of makes sense if that's part if if Lilith is is the mother of fairies like is the progenitor of the fairy race and has the ability to turn into a serpent it kind of makes sense to me that that would be part of the fairy lore and part of their own belief system and, and power system mm-hmm. uh, to have to to go into a snake state to gain power um so like under normal circumstances i would just say this is a regular fairy doing their trial of the serpent or post trial of the serpent just tricking a dude for fairy reasons <laughs> Uh, but because of the direct link to Koshe, I think this might be her. The the downstairs kiss fairy that previously had an interaction with Koshe. Um, to what end? I don't know why she is messing with this particular man. Yeah. I would hope that there would be more to it than whatever this is. Because if this is it for her, that's an anticlimactic Just end whatever, to her tale. Whatever kind of yums she's getting off of this. Well, she ends up marrying him, mm-hmm. and I mean, fairies live a long time, so any kind of mortal marriage is just sort of a, a blip. Right. They don't give a shit about a mortal marriage, let alone fourteen years of wasted time. Right. Like it does not matter, uh, but it does put her. Might as in, well be a nap. In possession of a pretty powerful weapon. <laughs> And an invisible kingdom. And an invisible kingdom that can travel with her. And I think those would be two two things that you would want. 
Yes, I would agree. As a, as a general statement, but also if you were at war with a bunch of birds. Now, I think we'd need to establish some power limitations on this sword. Apparently, that it doesn't have any. According to this story, it does not. Now, the fact that it exists in the world and has not been used in a horrific world-ending scale kind of way tells, like seems to indicate that there's got to be some limitation on it, because you know some crazy person would get a hold of that sword. I mean, and... I am fine with the limitation being human imagination. Yeah, just hope hope that sword is still still taking a good long nap somewhere underground. There are, there are enough boring people in the universe that they just wouldn't think to do it. Well, maybe, maybe she can't personally wield the sword because of iron content. Right. So she needs to, like, manipulate other people into handling this thing. Thus the need to create a husband. Right. Because, like, mortals are sort of puppets in this battle anyway. So I just thought that was... That would be an interesting, like, tie-in to some of Koshe's origin story and the origin story of fairies and, and their magical powers. Um... So I guess one thing that we can be on the lookout in the future is is uh, either the sword specifically or some hint of a weapon that can destroy whole groups of Indiscriminately. people. Indiscriminately. Yeah. Or some character known for a supernatural ability for murder. Is it possible that over time, because of the dwindling magic in the world, that, that it stopped working quite as well? That, that would make sense. Let's hope. Yeah. like, Could this... it maybe have contributed to yeah. the uh, depleted magic supply of the world? If it's just sucking it Dra- all up? Drank it all up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's possible. Because we, d- we... we haven't really established, like... Is it a renewable we, we was... resource? Right. Like, we, we know that, like, the, the golden apples seem to be really important to, like, fairy ability to continue using magic. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe magic is something like, I don't know, like water or, uh, nitrogen or something. It's like a thing that is needed for certain other things to survive. And there's a lot of it, but you can fuck up that balance and make there be a lot less of it. Like ozone. I don't know if I'm making any sense. (laughs) So not like, uh... Not as depletable a resource as um, as oil or something like that, mm-hmm. where there's only so much of it. But like something like clean water, where like y- you can really fuck up what's available to you. It can be tainted, right? Made unusable in some way or unrecognizable. Just made no good through bad use. And some things like plants can suck the magic straight out of the ground, but mm-hmm. other things like fairies do have to get the the magical energy through other means of consumption uh, vis-a-vis golden apples. I think that's that's a, a decent limitation on the magic system of our Urtail. <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted to revisit that, like, sub-goal mm-hmm. of this podcast. <laughs> Briefly. Yeah. Still figuring out all the motivations at play, but I, I like seeing echoes of characters we've read or made up previous stories <laughs> showing up um so yeah send us your thoughts uh via twitter um 
or any or Discord other corroborating or... evidence. Yeah, um, we'd love to hear it. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on on potential motivations. If you know fairy. any other stories that could tie in, send those yeah, to us. Yeah, that'd be great. We'll eventually get around to reading stories sent in to us again. <laughs> Someday. If you yell at us on Twitter, we'll be more likely to see that quickly and, and deal with it. Or on Discord if you're there. Um, and if you have other thoughts on this story as it is presented and not as we have twisted it around for our own ends, uh, we'd love to hear those too. What do you think of this uh, this Cossack character? Who does all the murders? How do you think the castle appears? Would you give up 14 years of your life, seven of them spent in solitary confinement, eating whatever you want for a keg castle? That man, that just, that's a good pitch. <laughs> eat, eat whatever you want, nobody can bother you, and then you get a castle at the end. That sounds great. So we, we know where Peter Briefcase stands on this. <laughs> yeah, good, good investment. Rated as buy. Uh, but I think that's does it have a switch in the castle a Nintendo switch yeah probably buy one you could at least threaten someone to get it with that sword (laughs) like you can you You can rob whatever you don't have you might have to spend seven years without a Nintendo switch it's alright that's a lot I mean I have done it because I am more than seven years older than the Switch. Yeah, I did, I did do it for a long time, so I think I could but do I'm it But I'm not going to say that it was great. Like, I, I feel like I've been, my, my life has been immeasurably improved. Like, you're at, a, you're at a castle with only mirrors and velvet and uh, silk or whatever. Man, can you imagine if one of those mirrors had a picture of me playing the Switch in it? Nope. Instead of, like, as an astronaut? Yep. I would have punched that mirror immediately. <laughs> Uh, we don't know what the limitations on Tin Castle magic is either because this fellow doesn't seem to be the most introspective or creative human being in the world. No. Um, so it's possible that if he had whined and complained about other things, a covered table full of Nintendo Switches would have appeared. <laughs> like, if all he could think about was food now we're and talking. drink... Uh, then maybe that's all the castle provided. But if he was like, man, I wish I could play some Breath of the Wild, uh, maybe maybe a Switch and some cartridges would show up. If I could have a lot of sketchbooks and art supplies, I would probably do it. Be enough to get you through seven years? Yeah, why not? If, if, it's, if it's free housing and infinite food forever after that? <laughs> yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good deal. Like, you don't need to... to work a crap job anymore you have your two primary needs fulfilled you can sleep for 14 years just take so, naps yeah you know I've, I've come around to this i'll talk to the mirrors i don't care <laughs> all right so if anyone has a castle they would like to lock us in for seven years in exchange for another castle in infinite food uh we're down make it a reality tv show we don't care uh i think that's going to do it for us do you two have any other closing thoughts no nah, that's it for jump dirt bike stocks buy them or don't sell them sometimes it's it's real real hard yeah ebay some stocks get some secondhand stocks no eat them oh no that's that's uh my thing i will come after you legally (laughs) that is okay that is a copyright trademark uh thank you all very much for uh listening to the show uh thank you to everyone who has been tweeting us or following us um sharing us with other people uh, 
pick your favorite episode and share it with three friends and five enemies. That's the challenge this week. Um, hope everyone is <laughs> staying safe. <laughs> Hashtag three friend five foe. <laughs> share that shit. New marketing strats from from Wobbles McCracken. <laughs> um, you don't know which way I'm going to fall. That's just all Wobbles in here. Uh, that's so many tentacles. <laughs> oh no. Uh, thank you to our patrons for uh, for keeping the show running, keeping us uh, sane and fed during this this period of being trapped in a castle that has some switches and not as many mirrors, but no no guaranteed ox-filled castle at the end, which is a bummer. Um, thank you to our top-tier patrons. Versus Me 101, Anaphylactic Shock, Katarina, Emmett, Tasmanian Tiger, Kula, Funky Little Strawberry, Health Rachel, I'm Trapped in a Podcast, Lemur, Spaghetto, King Doctor Rebel Princess Sten, Caitlin, Danielle, Wyatt, The Return of Soapy Fay, Olwyn, Queen of Terrible Taste, Allie, Thank You Yonder Toad, Copus Cat, DPRCM, The Day Dude, Pyrus, Kelty, Lovelace, Nathan the Scott, Alex. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reason to give Dave the Good China. Maya, What Am Grace, taking suggestions on Discord. Hi Liz Tis of Wimbus, Yahweh Yowie. Little Smorgasbord, Haley, Dominic, Justin, Jeremiah, Lily, Izzy, Heather, High Meowly of the Cult of Cricket, and Nuisance of the Show. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you always, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Doug. We're what the folklore. That's how it works. This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have story suggestions for us, please send them to wtfolklore at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales. If you enjoyed our show, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.